but just when it came to god i was like okay yeah there has to be a god but then there's a lot of days where i was like we're all alone out here like mm -hmm. i'm deceiving myself you know yeah. what i mean and i think that's the component you need to understand in order to get past a lot of this stuff so how old were you when you started being promiscuous yeah so i was i remember the first week i lost my virginity i slept with two two different girls in that same week and when i came across that i was like whoa there's actually evidence here then i started thinking about it more studying it more and then i was like i just believe this is bruce lawn all right so i am here with someone that i i consider a friend and i've definitely been enjoying his company for the past couple of days and wanted to get more into his story which i don't know if i've ever heard your story but without any further ado ladies and gentlemen we have Mr. John McCray, a.k.a. What Do You Mean? What up, man? Good to see you, bro. Yeah, man, I'm excited to talk to you. So I did not know really anything about your testimony. I knew you did music. I know you did, um, obviously, you do YouTube. Nashville, Colorado, I just found out you lived in L.A. for a while. Yeah. So I didn't really know a whole lot about your story. So let's start just beginning. What? Where did you grow up? You know, father, mother, siblings, Take us to the beginning. Yeah, just um, so I grew up in uh, Colorado, in Aurora, Colorado. Mm -hmm. um, got an identical twin brother, an older brother. Um, my mom and dad um, divorced officially when I was 15, um, but they were kind of separated, you know, for a while before then. Yeah. Um, didn't grow up in a church growing home, Christian home, nothing like that. Um, never really even talked about um, anything religious or anything like that growing up, aside from a casual, like, um, you know, like um, God, God has this or something like that. Really, kind of vague, but nothing like serious or in depth mm. or even nothing theological. So, um, no one, no grandma, no one ever, no church, never. Only no, no church. My aunt, though, my aunt was the only one who was um, a Christian, and so she first introduced me to the church when I was fifteen. Um, but the church she introduced me to, and um, me and my twin went to for a while. Mm -hmm. It turned out it was kind of like a, it's really kind of a super charismatic, but really kind of cultish kind of church too. Interesting. And so, yeah, so she, um, we went there for about a year. It's my first introduction to Christianity. Mm -hmm. And then me and my twin were like, we're kind of done with this stuff. And so um, after that, I think both of us went kind of, kind of more agnostic, kind of progressively went kind of more agnostic again. Um, and he kept going down that route. And I eventually, um, in college, I ended up taking a philosophy of religion course mm -hmm. and, um, in philosophy of religion, I learned the arguments for God's existence, and I said, oh, okay, this is actually logical, you know what I mean? And so once I came across the arguments for God's existence and stuff, I found them compelling, and then eventually down the road, I came across the arguments for the resurrection, and then ended up converting to Christianity, and then, um, yeah, and just got more and more serious with it after that. Yeah. yeah. So were you close to your, your dad, uh, your mom? Like, what was that dynamic like? Um, I was always a little bit more close with my mom, mm -hmm. but... Um, they, my mom was kind of going through a lot, too, during that divorce time. Uh, my dad was gone a lot throughout our childhood. You know what I mean? My dad's a cool, cool dad. You know what I mean? But he was um, he also uh, wrestled with drugs, too. So mm -hmm. he was um, he was gone a lot. You know what I mean? Going yeah. on like drug binges and stuff like that, you know. Um, but he also um, was traveling a lot for work. Mm -hmm. And so so he wasn't around a ton when I was younger. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, but then my mom was going through stuff and during these divorce years and she kind of checked out. So like, um, I moved out at 16, never went back home. Whoa. Uh, you moved out at 16. Yeah. So 15, you go to this charismatic type of charismatic yeah. church and then 16, you move out. Yeah. Now, yeah. Did, do you think in hindsight, the, the charismatic church, like, did you think you got saved there initially or were you, was it completely false gospel? 
Well, see, that that's the kind of the question, right? It's like, um, did I believe at that point, kind of like in my mind? Um, I'd say, yeah, because I was baptized too. Um, but then after, like, I realized I was like, I don't believe hardly any of this stuff that I was taught. You see what I'm saying? Mm. So it's kind of like, if it comes to like a simple just placing your trust in Jesus, then then I think I did at that point. But mm. I don't think I really understood the fullness of the gospel. You know what I mean? And mm. so my story is not as linear as a lot of people. Like a lot of people have this moment where it's just like boom you know what i mean and his yeah. my story's not really like that yeah. they wrote yeah. it down the date they yeah. got saved they put it in their bible they yeah. remember yeah the moment the feeling the song that was playing yeah mine's isn't yeah. like that either i mean yeah. I, I got christened in the armenian apostolic church nice. when i was like seven or eight years old and then 10 11 was like full-on like i'm an atheist oh yeah. yeah and then started going to a seeker mega church seeker church like 15. yeah and but I feel like didn't really surrender everything to yeah. Jesus until like seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So similar. Yeah. So I don't remember yeah. the the moment. I remember yeah. the moment where I was done trying to have one foot in, one foot out. Yeah. I remember that moment. Yeah. It was the end of my junior year, but I don't remember like the first time I put my hand up or the first time I said, "Yeah, I believe in." It could have been as long as as early yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. To yeah, yeah. you know, that those first couple times I was in at a mega church. See, well, I, I will say that I do remember after I got baptized that I remember the world looked physically different to me. Like okay. colors were brighter. Wow. Like um, I had uh, that kind of overwhelming kind of sense of peace. Oh, wow. so that's why I believe that I was probably saved at that point. But I mean, it's kind of hard to kind of say just because, yes. you know what I mean? It's like, what, what did I actually believe? You know what I mean? That was so long ago. Now it's kind of hard for me to remember. But I remember too, then just reading through like, the New Testament, you know what I mean? So I took it kind of serious, you know, but I kind of went that kind of extreme. And then after that church was so wild, mm. you know what I mean? Then I was like, do I don't believe this anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it was kind of weird. I was like, I don't, I don't know. So I didn't even know there were intellectual reasons to embrace Christianity until college. Mm. And then it was at that point where I was like, okay, I'm convinced intellectually about the arguments for God's existence. Um, but I didn't know if God was revealed in any of these other religions or not. And mm. so what I would do is I went to all these different churches, um, um, I went to all these different churches and was asking people, I said, what, well, why do you think that your um, beliefs are true? Because I, I knew enough kind of with philosophy and stuff to know that like everybody can't be right. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? If they're mutually exclusive views. So like, why I think your view is true. And what I heard from people over and over with it always give me this kind of coincidences. They're like, oh, um, I was going through this, um, um, this thing, and then everything worked out in this way, you know, where it was like yeah. these improbable coincidences and stuff like that. And that would be everybody's story. Um, and then eventually, like when I was prepping to go to these different churches, because I went to like the Church of Scientology, I went to every church I could think of. Mm. I was prepping, and I came across evidence online for the, rev uh, the evidence for the resurrection online. Mm -hmm. And when I came across that, I was like, "Whoa, there's actually evidence here." Then I started thinking about it more, studying it more, and then I was like, "I just believe this mm. is true." You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So when you back up a little bit, when you move mm -hmm. out at 16, yeah. You got you to gotta unpack that. Like, what yeah. led up to you moving out at 16? Yeah. Well, honestly, like, my mom was, we weren't getting along at that time. You okay. know what I mean? And I think that kind of happens with kids, uh, teenagers and their moms. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And um, she was, like, depressed and going through a lot of stuff, too, with the divorce and stuff. So I was like, I'm ready to be out. And she kind of checked out, too, because, like, me and my twin would be gone for, like, days you know what i mean and she's wow. not really, like following up because she's just like she just checked out mentally i know yeah. it was a tough time for her so um yeah so i was like um once i got that taste of moving out i was like i'm never going back so i never went back home i just um, worked i worked at a place called bagelicious <laughs> i worked at a bagel place bagel place bagel. okay <laughs> yeah okay. that was my first job and then after that i started working at a grocery store um 
And then I started working at restaurants and stuff after that. But I kept on my grind so that way I didn't have to go back home. Wow. And yeah. so were you living with a friend? You had your own yeah, place? A friend. A friend that was older. He, um, um, I think he was a senior okay. at that time, too. And I think he was moved out. I think he was like 17, something like that. Or so he's a couple years older yeah, than you. Older, yeah. And are your working a job, yeah. sustaining yourself, and finishing high school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Did it. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, rent was so cheap back then, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Do you remember like, what your rent was? I think it was like... I think it was like 450 or something like that uh -huh. for like, I think it was like everything. If I remember right, it was like yeah. super cheap back yeah. then. You know what I mean? So Yeah. And so yeah. that was your half of it. Um, I think, I think if I remember right, and I could be wrong on this, but if I remember right. I think that was like the total was something like that, like around like 500 bucks or something what? like that. Yeah. Yes. And this was back in some the, Denver prices. This bro. was back in the day <laughs> before Denver popped off too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So you move out, you're in high school and was your mom working full time? What is she, I mean, it had to no. be hard for her with three boys. Yeah. And you, it's not, it's not like your dad was around a whole lot. That's right. Yeah. So, no, my dad was working and my mom was taking care of the house and stuff like that. But uh -huh. then when they went through a divorce, my dad wasn't like trying to give up money. You know what I mean? So it was bad because then my mom wasn't, she was trying to figure out with money and stuff. And so it was a sloppy situation. How old were you when they got divorced? Officially, uh, when they officially got divorced, I was 15. But when it when they separated, uh, separated, yeah, a couple years before that they were. But my dad was gone so much. To be honest, it was yeah. kind of like I remember I was sad when I was a kid about it. But then you kind of get used to it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, dad's gonna be gone again because he'd be traveling a lot for work. And then sometimes you'd just be like missing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I a few days on like binges and stuff. So, jeez, yeah, man. Yeah. But he's he's better now though. So like we got a cool relationship yeah. and all that too. So that's so that's good. So yeah, praise God that he's better now. Yeah. Do you think that? Your dad not being around at such a pivotal time, twelve to fifteen, had a had a impact in you kinda, you know, not engaging with your mom and not being, you know, um wanting to move out and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, to some degree. Um and it's hard to know how much because I don't really know much different, you know what I mean? Um but I know when I was younger, I always wanted my mom's love more. Mm. You know what I mean? And I realized my twin, he always wanted my dad's love more. Mm. You know what I mean? So that so that's interesting. Um, but yeah, I think it did. Um, it, I mean, I'm sure it probably, you know, triggered like a lot of the problems I had with women and stuff, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Growing up and stuff. I'm sure like a lot of this stuff's kind of intertwined, but hmm. yeah. So, um, w you were fairly, as I was, I lost my virginity at like 10, 11. Oh, that's early. You know, yeah. super early, bro. Yeah. Definitely like that verse in Solomon, like do not awaken love yeah. before, yeah. right? Yeah. And that and and it, and I saw porn for the first time at, at age five. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know, on top of like being molested and, and yeah. all kinds of other stuff. So, how old were you when you started being promiscuous? Yeah, so I was thirteen um, when I lost my virginity. Okay, um, and I remember I was introduced to porn at a really young age because my older brother had like a whole bunch of like a massive amount of like magazines and mm -hmm. videos and all that. That me and my twin found when we were younger, you know what I mean? Mm. Younger than that, I can't remember. You don't remember age. how long? How young, I don't remember yeah. how, what age, but it, we were young. You yeah. know, it's before I even knew what a woman looked like naked. You know what I mean? Mm. So I was pretty young, and I didn't understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then when I was like thirteen, lost my virginity, and then from then on, like I had like, like I was just all about women, like mm. uh, my twin, and then like our best friend and stuff at the time. We lived in our neighborhood and stuff. 
all we'd be thinking about and talking about was women, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And trying to hook up with girls and stuff like that I became obsessed. You know what I mean? So at at 13, yeah. you're locked in trying to, locked trying in. to hook up as often as often. Yeah. Locked in. And it was like constant, like hooking up with girls since that day. You yeah. know what I mean? Since the day that that happened, I remember the first week I lost my virginity, I slept with two, two different girls in that same week. You know what I mean? I remember it was like, yeah, that were in my neighborhood, two different girls in my neighborhood. What yeah. was your neighborhood, bro? What was <laughs> yeah. going on in the neighborhood? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it's, it's bad. Because I was thinking, like, now it's so weird, like, how different the world looks, you know? But, but at that time, like, I was like, this is wild. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Girls do this? Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Didn't know what to expect. You yeah. know what I mean? And never masturbated. Nothing like that, too. Uh-huh. So this was, like, my first kind of introduction to it it's kind of confusing you know yeah. but then i was just like okay you know what i mean and trying to like feel because my friends and stuff would be like yeah good job you know what mm-hmm. i mean or whatever and so it kind of develops that kind of mindset where you associate that with like masculinity you know mm-hmm. what i mean and like being a man and um success in a sense you know hmm. what i mean yeah. hmm. wow what a trip yeah so uh, my, my situation was was similar but it, like i lost my virginity but then like didn't talk to really any I talked to a couple girls here and there but didn't really date until I got into high school freshman year of high school got with a girl and was just with kind of with one girl oh yeah you know until 17 I mean not good for you in the yeah it wasn't you know I'm saying good for you in the sense where you stayed with one girl all that time yeah Yeah. and in hindsight it probably kind of got God probably allowed me to to be in that situation it kind of I, I guess like protect me in a way because yeah. there's definitely other girls at the high school yeah. that were interested yeah. and that, you know, I I was also just so, I was kind of trying to be a Christian, not, yeah. you know what I mean? Going yeah. to church, but I was also oblivious to a lot of the signs. So they'd be like, can you give me a ride home? Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. you want to come inside? Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. oh no, I got to go. You like, know what to look for. You yeah. know, yeah, I just, I didn't know, yeah, you know? Yeah. And so, but it preserved, it, it, it like kind of like I avoided that and then i met my wife at 19 and so my oh, wife yeah. was like you know that was who i was with yeah. um so yeah That's so good. so yeah. there was there was some 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 degree of like i i didn't i didn't wild out yeah but i definitely wild out with porn and okay. that also had a negative effect on me That's in terms of my mentality um at what point you we were talking offline at what point were you uh, kind of exposed to the pickup artist stuff cuz i remember yeah. me and my this at this point me and my wife were married i remember there was a show on VH1 and it was like i think it was a guy yeah. named like Destiny or something and it was like he had this big old hat <laughs> yeah, and it was this uh, whole like pickup artist right, yeah, show yeah I, I know who you're talking uh mystery i think it was mystery, yeah, mystery yes. yeah 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 so the pickup stuff like um that came a little bit later so okay. like so like for the record like um and I don't really like talking about this stuff because I am kind of ashamed about it, like somewhat, you know what I mean? But I know I'm forgiven in Christ, but I had women consistently since 13 on, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. like, so when I say good for you, I don't mean good for you that you're having premarital sex or yeah. whatever, but I'm saying that you had one girl for years. Yeah. It wasn't like that for me. Yeah. I had like a lot of different girls for years. And um, yeah, and it's like, a, you know, I don't like the, um, I'm not proud of it or nothing mm-hmm. like that. You know what I mean? But um, but anyways, the pickup stuff came kind of later. Um, I remember just like reading like um, some of those books, like Neil Strauss, The Game, and mm-hmm. um, Vin DiCarlo, and all this kind of stuff. And then I, I kind of like lived that life where this was like what I was obsessed about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I have kind of like a, I get obsessed about things, and I'm mm-hmm. really kind of tuned in. And so now I'm glad I'm doing it for the Lord. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah. Um, so you're you're fully immersed. Fully immersed in all of that. Yeah, fully immersed. Yeah. So like. Yeah, just like lots of different girls every 
every night going out, you yeah. know what I mean, to the clubs and stuff and trying to pick up girls yeah. and all that stuff, you know. So yeah. you're the you're probably so a lot of the stuff now from the red pill is like pickup yeah. didn't work it didn't work and yeah. so like you're probably the minority of guys that's like good looking that yeah. it worked for <laughs> yeah. you know and everybody's yeah. like it didn't work for me <laughs> yeah, did, yeah. you know like yeah, and they're yeah. like sloppy just yeah, unattractive yeah. dudes and it's like well it's not gonna work for everybody but you know yeah because it takes like a degree of like kind of social intelligence and common sense kind of yeah. like too you know so but I mean, but I mean, it was bad because I thought like the goal for that, like it's such a different mindset when you're trying to get married. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. the goal for that was just like, how can you get sexual <laughs> with these girls as soon as you can? So that way um, you can get them like pot committed and then you're in the con the dominating seat. You know uh -huh. what I mean? So you can decide. It's a lot of yeah. weird like power dynamics yeah. and psychological games. Yeah. And like, I just, if you, to me, yeah. it always made sense to like, I want to have one woman that I yeah. really enjoy yeah. and build a life with one woman because everything else just seemed like a headache. Like it just seemed like yeah. this. And then also yeah. like if I if I actually have game, I shouldn't have to play these mind games yeah. with girls. Like yeah. that also didn't make sense to me. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, and that's I think that's that's good. You know what I mean? And that's mature. Like I guess like um, for me, I didn't really have that inclination as much to kind of want to settle down. Which mm -hmm. is I mean, I always wanted someone because I remember like there's a lot of points where I was like. I don't even like I can't even watch a movie with a girl that I actually like as mm. a person. You know what I mean? It's wow. like it's just like I'm just hooking up. And I remember hitting so many points where I was like, I didn't even like wasn't even in the mood to like sleep with these girls. Mm -hmm. But I felt like I had to mm. like because it was such a habit that I, I established for years. You mm. know what I mean? So I was like um, I was like, I just have to. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it was just weird. It was like felt like I was a slave to like some imaginary you know, standard that I had to hold up to for like just to hook up with these different women. You mm. know what I mean? It didn't mm. And then I remember just thinking too, like if I had this amount of women, these different body types, these different ethnicities mm. and all this other stuff like that, I was like, then I'll be finally. Did you cool. have did you have like one of them Excel sheets like you have for your YouTube analytics? <laughs> no. For women. <laughs> no, I wasn't keeping track like that. This <laughs> man like, ah, okay, I hit the now I got it. That's a trip. Now, but yeah. when you had that first exposure to the gospel at 15 yeah. and you trusted Jesus to some extent, right? Yeah. Did it's hard that... to say because I don't know exactly at that point. Kind of, I, I know now, like looking back, like a lot of the stuff they taught was so wonky, you mm. know what I mean, that I, I wouldn't um, embrace it now yeah. um, at all. Like most of it, there's a yeah. lot of the word of faith type stuff, sure. and, you know what I mean? Um, but um, really, it was like later on when I actually like really internalized the gospel, yeah. that's when things started changing. But yeah. was there any conscious hit initially when you're 15 going yeah. for church for you and you're kind of like, ah. oh, yeah. Like, did you yeah. stop for a while? Yeah, I did. You I did, did stop for a while. Okay. I did. I stopped for a little bit. Um, and then I remember like constantly just turning down girls. And then I remember feeling like I was like, man, I've turned down a lot of these opportunities after I messed up and hooked up with a different girl. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Hooked up with a girl from this hiatus I took. Mm -hmm. Um then I was like, um, I missed out on these opportunities. Now it was all for nothing. Mm. And then that mindset made me think, well, now I better just fully indulge. You know what mm. I mean? Now you're so, trying to play catch up. Yeah, trying to play catch up. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of had a bad effect in that sense. You know what I mean? Um, because I did feel bad, but the Christianity to that first one I was introduced to was super legalistic, super uh -huh. legalistic. Okay. And so it kind of backfired for me. You know what I mean? All those rules, restrictions, don't do this, don't do that, yeah, and yeah. not a healthy redirection of how to understand yeah. and enjoy sexuality yeah yeah like even like even understanding deeply like what it means for what jesus did for your life that still helps a little bit you know mm -hmm. what i mean but like it, so it was hard for me because um 
I wasn't meditating on the right things. I was meditating on don't do, don't do, don't do, don't do. And it became this bigger and bigger monster in my head. Mm. You know what I mean? Until it was just like thing was swallowing me up. So, mm. Man, yeah. that's heavy. So you graduate high school, you do a couple years in college, and this is when you take this philosophy yeah. class. Mm -hmm. And that starts the spark again of was there a point where you well, kind of yeah. closed the door to god and you were like i don't believe in god or yeah. like i don't know what i believe but yeah. this ain't it like my experience with christianity initially is definitely not it was yeah. it more like that or was it like i don't believe in a god well so it was like a couple things because like there it was a lot of times where i was like some days i would believe in god because i'll be like okay there has to be a god i'm looking at the stars and stuff but yeah. really i'm like i don't know anything about christianity at this point right mm -hmm. but just when it came to god i was like okay yeah there has to be a god but then there's a lot of days where i was like we're all alone out here. Like mm -hmm. I'm deceiving myself. And I remember having these thoughts when I was um, even a, a, a little kid, when I heard people talking about God. And I remember thinking like, people just made up God just to keep people in line. I remember thinking that to mm -hmm. myself, you know what I mean? At a really young age too, just like, it's just to help them keep in line, like Santa Claus and mm -hmm. stuff like this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I thought of it that way. But um, as I got older too, I was like, yeah, I was like, and my twin, we thought the same thing. We're like, we just kind of deceived ourselves into believing this Christianity thing. Hmm. You know what I mean? It's just goofy. Like, a man walked on water, you know what I mean? Turned mm -hmm. water into wine. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And so we both were like that. Um, but, yeah, so I, the Christianity closed the door to more. Um, the God stuff, I didn't really care a bunch because mm -hmm. I was focused on women and other stuff. Um, but when I went to college and came across, like, the Kalam cosmological argument was the argument for me that mm -hmm. really, like, I spent a lot of time thinking through reading all the objections, all the sides on it. And I was like, I believe this. This makes sense to me. Mm. You know what I mean? And so... Can yeah. you break that down for people that, that, that aren't familiar with that argument? Yeah, yeah. So it's um, basically, it's just the first premise is everything that begins to exist has a cause. Second premise is the universe began to exist, and that includes all time, space, and matter. Um, therefore, the universe had a cause. And then when you look at what could have caused all time, space, and matter, it would have to be something that's timeless, spaceless, and immaterial. And then there's arguments for its personhood um, because it's like if um, this thing has been around for all of eternity because it is uncaused, um, it created the first causation. Um, if it's been around for all of eternity, then it couldn't do anything unless it was personal. So that way it can make mm. a personal choice. And so I came to this conclusion. I was like, I wasn't presupposing God. I never liked presuppositional type arguments in, in mm -hmm. the sense, even though we all have presuppositions to some extent, but never liked those type of arguments because it felt like it was backwards reasoning. Mm -hmm. But this one to me felt like I was like, this makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And I looked, spent a lot of time looking into cosmology, the science and stuff, looking at the um, cosmogony, which is the origin of the universe and stuff. I was like, I'm convinced. Like, this makes sense to me. You learned yeah. this at a, at a secular school. They're teaching you yeah. this at a regular community college yeah, yeah. in Denver. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, but in, uh, later I found out that my philosophy religion teacher too was a christian ah. uh, i didn't find that out till later and i went back and took his class a second time later on S same class yeah same class yeah yeah because it, i it was so deep to me you know what i mean and yeah. so like um then after that point um yeah we talked and stuff like that and i found out he's a christian and we still stay in touch to this day i just saw him a couple years ago too at a conference out in um dallas too so but yeah what a trip yeah, man yeah. And I'm sure he's probably really pumped on what you're doing now with yeah, what do you mean yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah. He said he's been watching my stuff and all too, so it's pretty cool. Yeah, bro, that's so dope. So, okay, so so you kind of 15, you you kind of hear the gospel, kind of put your faith in Jesus, but you're yeah. not really sure. Then you're convinced. You, it sounds like you go from agnostic to theist. Is yeah, that fair? To theist. That's right. Yeah. And then now, when do you go from theist to like Christian theist, like yeah. Christ is God theist? Yeah, that was so. And this was too kind of more of a kind of gradual process. Uh, but this is when um, 
um, that same after I was saying how I went to all these different churches and stuff, came across the evidence for the resurrection. Then when I took my um, my that class, that philosophy religion class, the second time, mm-hmm. um, they had us like do these debates on um, at the end of the semester. You do a debate and you get a position. You just draw a position off the hat and you have to debate that position. And mine was to go against the resurrection. And that's when I really took a deep dive into it. Well, so yeah. you have to debate yes, against, against the, the resurrection. resurrection. Yeah. And so I started taking a deep dive and I was like, if I grant these premises that all these historians tend to agree on, these like four kind of main um, premises, I was like, I don't know how to come up with an explanation where this makes sense. Mm. You know what I mean? I was like, without it being super ad hoc, which means you're basically coming up with an explanation just to avoid being um, fal- falsified, your position being falsified. And so, yeah, so, um, but that's when I really took a deep dive and that's where it got deeper. And I think it was like at that point too, where I was like starting to kind of really start believing it more, but mm. I worked it out too over years and stuff like this, talking to people about it, debating yeah. people about it, you know what yeah. I mean? And, so, so yeah. what are those four premises that, that kind of historians acknowledge that even if you're arguing against yeah. the resurrection, you still have to acknowledge those four premises that kind of tripped you up. Yeah, yeah. So um, if I remember right, it's been so long. But um, first one is um, Jesus died by crucifixion mm-hmm. on, um, under Pilate. Um, second one is um, his um, um, followers um, sincerely believe that he rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. The, the first disciples sincerely and genuinely believe that they mm-hmm. saw him resurrected from the dead afterwards. Um, the, tomb, the tomb is empty. Um, that's the third. The tomb was found empty. Um, and this one has less of a consensus, but mm-hmm. it's about 75% um, to 80% of scholars agree on that one. Um, and I can't remember. I'm, I'm missing one, but I can't remember it right now. But, yeah. I'm trying to think if, if I – because I, I came through the door of apologetics as well, so I'm trying to think. Yeah, so yeah. Tombs Empty, they were convinced. Onto Pilate. Oh, what is the other one? Paul? Like the fact that the church started and there was this massive movement after the fact? Maybe, yeah. Or is it the yeah. martyr? Would they all die for a lie? Yeah, that was in the same one where they sincerely believed. They sincerely yeah. believed. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. But anyways, yeah. yeah, I mean, those are three strong, you yeah. know, prim- premises that yeah. or, or you got three out of four, I think, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how did that debate go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it, it, was, it was cool, too, because, like, now in hindsight, too, like, later when I started just soaking up everything I could read, I yeah. started realizing people were bringing in, like, um, Josh McDowell's mm-hmm. uh, books and stuff like this, oh, yeah. you know. And this was that's, that that's how I came to faith. I'm not sure. If oh, I'm Josh McDowell. Josh oh, McDowell, evidence yeah. that demands a verdict. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. I was working at Pizza Hut. Yeah, they. I, I took a break with the Christian girl, started dating a Jehovah's Witness girl. Oh, yeah. They believe Jesus is the Son of God, not God oh, yeah. in the flesh. And I'm like, but I'm still going yeah. to the secret church, and my manager and our head delivery driver at the local Pizza Hut I'm working at my sophomore year are Christians. Mm-hmm. And they both uh, were telling me, like, no, no, Jesus is God. You're wrong. Like, this is interesting. He's got you can yeah. just go read the Gospel of John. And I'm yeah. like, no, 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 he's not God. Right? Yeah. And then they're like, hey, evidence that demands a verdict. And brought me the book. And it was like this big old thick the big book. One. Yeah, the new yeah. evidence that demands a verdict. The new one. Yeah, yeah, that's the bigger one. Yeah. 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 And that joint was. And yeah. then, like, I got to the part about Jehovah's Witnesses. I got to the part about Mormons. I got yeah. to the part about Islam. I got. And I was, I was like, so oh, yeah, this is hooked. it. Yeah. 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 But even yeah. after that, even after believing Jesus is God. Yeah. It was still about a year process to like fully surrender my life to. Oh yeah, yeah. For me, it was longer than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like um, that's why it's kind of weird. And it's like I have my more kind of compassion, and understanding for people who, um, even though they believe, mm-hmm. they're still like wrestling with a mm-hmm. lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like um, I think people who have a radical conversion, 
they tend to think that this is how it happens for everybody. You know what I mean? Where their whole mm, life changes. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's not that way for a lot of people. You mm. know, and I've seen a lot of people that it has been an instant radical conversion. Other people, you know, um, get saved when they're wrestling with drug addiction and stuff, still having a hard time battling it and stuff. You know what I mean? And you can mm. stifle the spirit. That's biblical. You mm. know what I mean? So you can stifle the spirit and not um, grow in the way that you're supposed to grow spiritually. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? For ways. And so... Um, so yeah, so for me, it was a, a longer process as well. So, so at what point are you like, okay, I think I'm a Christian now, yeah. or are you always like now after you deal with the resurrection, are you like, okay, well, yeah. I guess, I guess I had halfway right when 15 when I was going to that church yeah. Yeah. and I guess I'm a Christian yeah. or were yeah. you still not like, I'm a Christian? Like, yeah. where no, were you at? I remember hitting a specific point. So there was two points. Like after the, um, philosophy of religion class, the first time, I remember thinking the words to myself. I was like, I believe in God now. I just mm. remember saying that in my head. I was like, I believe in God now. You know what I mean? So mm. that was when it was the first time I actually believed in God. When it came to Christianity, I remember spending time too, like um, um, reading a lot of stuff and debating atheists and stuff online and stuff, where because for me it was kind of probability. I said, um, I, I remember hitting a point where I said, if Christianity is not true, nothing's true. Because it's the only thing that makes sense of mm. all of the evidence we have. Um, it's the only thing that actually has really good evidence, you know what I mean, too. And so um, and the only thing that really makes sense of the external world from the micro level to the macro level, from like the atoms to the stars and the galaxies, also human psychology. Why is it that we have these things like a near universal consensus that you shouldn't murder people or mm. steal stuff and all that, but we still do, you know what I mean? And so we have all of these different things psychologically and stuff. And then so I took it in the sense where I said, okay, this makes the most sense. So I accept it on that ground. You know what I mean? That it makes just the most sense. So yeah, so that was a, a certain point I hit. Yeah. So so you, you get there, you said this makes the most sense. And and, and and by the way, too, just a quick note on that. I I genuinely felt like I was open to say if Christianity was not, you know what I mean? Um, not true. I was very okay with that too, because I didn't really care. I thought like, I was like, then I can just continue to live this wild life and stuff you know what i mean so for me i didn't have a stake in the game i didn't feel like wanting it to be true but just being honest with myself i thought it just made the most sense yeah so yeah and so speaking of the wildlife where are you at now with with girls and women yeah. are and you're doing music now at this point as well yeah, you and your uh -huh. twin are rapping and singing and stuff yeah. like that where are you at in terms of how your life looks like yeah. are you still wild are you kind of yeah. like all right, i gotta chill there's a god that means there's some sort of accountability to this no, like where yeah. you at with that that's good no i was still struggling um just with girls like i didn't mess with drugs and alcohol nothing like that was okay. ever hard for me just with women it was like my kryptonite you know what mm. i mean and it was just like i just felt like i couldn't shake it mm. and i felt like i was gonna just take this to the grave like i had on the one hand i wanted to be a vessel for God, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I wanted to like let people know about this stuff I found, especially in apologetics, because I didn't even know it existed. You know what I mean? I was like, there's actually good reasons for this. I wanted that. But at the same time, I was always really kind of nervous because I was like, I'm never going to be able to stop hooking up with girls. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? It was just like my thing. I just had the hardest time shaking, you know? And then remember having a lot of times where it's like, um, um, even coming off of like, you know, from the first time too, like where I um, cut you know women off or whatever for a while mm -hmm. there's a lot of times I just felt like I was just felt full of shame you mm -hmm. know what I mean like shame 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 for all of this kind of life then I started realizing the world doesn't really care you can you can say you're Christian and you can still like you know smash a bunch of girls and stuff like that they don't really care mm -hmm. so then I was like okay well I guess this is kind of normal you know what I mean mm -hmm. if that's the case because 
mostly like the world doesn't care. They're not hating on you for it. You know what I mean? And mm. so like a lot of people know what it's like to be Christian and messing up all the time. You know what I mean? So like, so then I was like, okay, maybe that's just kind of normal. You know what I mean? Mm. And, um, but I still kind of felt like a sense of shame too. And it never like let go all the way. Um, so I was always trying to kind of fight against it a little bit, but then sometimes I'll just give up and just give in. You know what I mean? So mm. you're saying that the world was okay with a hyper grace version of Christianity. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the hyper grace version. Yeah, I guess more or more so um, saying that like the license, I guess, to say so like you should just go ahead and kind of do what you want. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like Cardi B or something like that mm -hmm. will like thank God at her, her thing, but her life's not like she's not trying to live a God honoring life. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. so um, and because I do believe in grace, like grace is deep. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that's the component you need to understand in order to get past a lot of this stuff yeah. is knowing the grace counterintuitively. Yeah, it, it is. It is counterintuitive, but it but yeah. it all, it's also a beautiful paradox. So, yeah. you're going through this process of like you're wrestling. There's shame. You're giving in, yeah. um, and are and so like, are you still full fledged in the pickup artist hookup culture, or are you kind of more um, slowing down as you're becoming more aware of God? No, not really. I mean, I, there was times I slowed down and then times I just get, got tired of slowing down. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So I would just oscillate between like just wowing out, slowing down a little bit, you know what I mean? Or feeling bad or whatever. And then it's just like, it's all I know because yeah. I've been doing this my whole life basically. And are you, are you just going to clubs and bars? Are you using yeah. apps? Like what are you doing to meet all these women? Yeah. So I, um, so I was going to bars and clubs uh -huh. a lot, like every weekend. Um, I lived in Vegas for a while too, you know. Well, I mean? that'll yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, even apps and stuff like this um, okay. before, like, well, that was even before Tinder days and all that too. Tinder's kind of new, but meeting girls on these apps and stuff like that, uh -huh. um, meeting girls all the time in my DMs because I was doing music, uh -huh. you know what I mean? And girls uh -huh. would be DMing me all yep. the time, you know what I mean? I'd be getting comments on stuff and reaching out to girls on like Facebook and stuff like mm -hmm. that, you know? So, so it was just like, it was just like all my life was about. Like it really, when I say like, that's all I was doing, like like a nine to five mm -hmm. and not getting paid. That's what I was doing. You know what I mean? So, so you had a multi tiered system for finding <laughs> bro, women, I had, basically. I had text message like processes and stuff. You know what I mean? You had scripts. Really, yeah, like Whoa. yeah, just like processes and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was. So you did have yeah. an Excel sheet. It's <laughs> 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 so like you're doing it so much. You know what I mean? And then it's like a numbers game in my head. So I was like, if I pick up um, ten numbers tonight or whatever, you know, then. Yeah. Uh, five of them will hit me back. Three of them will come through. You know what I mean, or whatever. So, yeah. crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not wow. Not a not not the highlight of my life. But yeah, yeah. And how long how long does this continue? Oh, this was going for like most of my adult years. Mm -hmm. Like, um, really, honestly, until like before, like I met my wife. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. until up until about that time. So this is why it's kind of weird because like um, until that time it was like um. Yeah, it was just me struggling in mm. these ways, you know what I mean? And so um, when I met my wife, um, that's when things started kind of changing. Mm -hmm. um, but really when, like, everything, like, really changed for me, like, and in, in my heart completely changed towards this, is when I started going through the gospel, mm -hmm. trying to really internalize and understand the gospel, the depths of grace. What does this mean? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And going mm -hmm. through scriptures, because um, long story short, like, um, there's um, a guy who... Um, came to a meeting that we were at or whatever, and he was saying, like, um, all this stuff he says, um, if Hitler believed in Jesus, would he be saved? And he would go around to these places and stuff, keep asking Christians this, and Christians would get kind of caught up because they're like, well, no, he wouldn't be a real Christian. And the guy's like, and the dude was from a Church of Christ background, so he's saying, 
um, you need works, and here are the works um, before salvation that you need and then after salvation that you need to go into heaven and stuff. And so I started looking into this and started realizing everybody has these different lists of works. Works is like a uh, is like people don't need much motivation for works and for legalism. They mm. just don't. Like they mm-hmm. don't need motivation for that. And so like um, I was like everybody's just arguing about where these works go. And I'm saying, do the works really go in the gospel message? Like if it's grace, which mm-hmm. is a free, undeserved gift, it's a gift. If I give you a gift and then I say, okay, but if you really appreciate the gift, you're gonna give me fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Is that really me giving you a gift? You know what I mean? And so. Um, really internalizing and understanding, which I believe is biblical, um, uh, this is my conviction, um, is that I don't think works are necessary component to salvation before mm-hmm. or after salvation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that you can stifle the spirit. I think the natural mode for the Christian is to do, um, is to do good works, but you mm-hmm. can still stifle the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so um, I don't think you judge somebody's salvation based off of their works. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, but you had a conversation. Yeah. And with a desire to get help in this area, right? And then that that. conversation seems to have kind of unlocked some of what you're describing now. At that time, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't. Ah, didn't. That's why it was so interesting, because in hindsight, I understand what the guy was saying. But um, so I did go um, seek counseling, um, and I found out after I got there that the guy was a Christian, because I was like, I'm wrestling with this. Yeah. sex addiction you know what i mean and and where are you where's the where are we on the process when you're like i need to go get counseling for yeah this was addiction. this was during this time too where i started feeling shame and stuff i was like i gotta stop this yeah. and when i show up to the guy he's just like so why are you here and i was like because i have like a sex addiction problem here yeah. you know what i mean and i can't get a handle on it. and he goes well usually people come to see me after everything's blown up when mm. they got caught cheating on their wife so they lost their career or whatever so he's like so why are you here i was like preventative maintenance <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. I was like I, I want to be able to not be a slave to this you know mm-hmm. and he goes um well what do you believe about God and this is where I was like well yeah I, I believe in God and he's like um um do you believe in Jesus I said yeah yeah because there's a time where I um you know started believing in Jesus and and he's like um well what do you believe about Jesus's grace and I said I don't understand the question like what do you mean he's mm-hmm. like do you believe you're forgiven I was like yeah he's like he goes I believe and this was super offensive, and anybody who's here is just gonna feel offended too, because uh, yeah, this is wild. But he said, <laughs> "This is um, a wild statement, now, guys. <laughs> Buckle up, boys and girls." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, um, um, "He said I believe that I could cheat on my wife every day for the rest of my life, and I'd still be saved by God's grace." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Huh. I was like, I literally couldn't understand why he was saying it. Yeah. Didn't make any sense to me. I only saw him that one time. Um, didn't go back after that because I couldn't afford it. You probably, or, I probably wouldn't have remembered <laughs> after, after hearing that. Yeah, you're like, saying you could cheat on your yeah. wife. This sounds nuts. I know it sounds nuts. Yeah, he didn't say he was cheating, but he said he knows that he could. Yeah, and then because, and now I understand that now too. What he was trying to get me to understand was the depths of God's grace because that's what really changed me. And it, it's so counterintuitive. Doesn't sound right, but that's what really changed me is when I understood that I was safe in His promise, like the scriptures say, mm. I'm safe in His promise. And there's nobody can take me out of his hands. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And there's, I went through every scripture I could find on salvation, by the way, over and over and over for years. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but once I really internalized that, um, I understand his message because that safety comes, um, you lose that shame, you know, and the shame is what keeps you enslaved, mm-hmm. you know? And so, yeah. And so like being enslaved, and I think this is probably something to do with AA and stuff too, or whatever, when they're like, um, you know, they go through this process of the acceptance in the community, you know what I mean? Because that really does help. Like, it really actually changed me. Then the more I understood the gospel, the more in-depth and the more beautiful I found it, and the more, like, um, I thought about it and stuff. And then I was like, um, that other stuff just kind of started falling off. 
You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And so when I heard, um, like I remember reading Galatians 5.16 where Paul says, keep in step with the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Mm -hmm. And that's when that made sense to me because I said, it's not me trying to fight this saying, um, you know, instead of saying like, I need to fight and combat this difficult problem, it became bigger and bigger and the shame intensified. Um, but instead I was like, I was just keeping in step with the Spirit. And then I stopped gratifying the desires of the flesh. Mm. My heart started wanting other things. You know what I mean? I was like, I care way more about the gospel than I do hooking up with some girl. You know what I mean? Or something like that. And so, um, yeah, so the process was was a long process. But, man, it just, like, um, that's what really changed me. And so mm. that's why I'm so big on the gospel message, too, and yeah. people understanding you're saved by grace through faith, not of works, because works is the kryptonite. And all of us have a tendency to want to um, impose our works to feel better than others or to feel like we're justified mm. by God. I mean, there's all of these temptations we have around works. The human wants works. We can't understand grace in any other facet of life. We can't understand pure grace, you know? And so, yeah, that's where things change for me. Yeah, that's interesting. I think I think you're you're spot on in terms of the salvation, obviously salvation by, by grace through faith. Um, and I think even in that, like you hearing that and it not making sense at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so... Where was this in the process where you hear this, and how old are you at this point where you hear this, and then from when th then it actually hit you, and it was actually what unlocked the power for you to stop, yeah. you know, like, living in this addiction? Yeah, that you had. really, it's like when, um, when I met my wife and uh, we started dating and stuff, this is where I started getting into the gospel way more, and that's when things really changed for mm -hmm. me. You was know she I mean? a Christian? Yeah, she was too, but we were both kind of like way more into the world kind of like a lot more you know we didn't really like fully submit you know what I mean to God and so like um I didn't the whole process was weird to me because like I always heard growing up like you need to just submit to God you know what I mean and and this and that where it was like this purely like you just got to grit your teeth and do it you know what I mean mm -hmm. but like for like what we kind of realized like as we started talking more and more about the gospel and really kind of understanding this stuff like for us, it was like, this is something that is good for us, makes sense, is better for you, you're happier, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You don't want to be, just like Paul talks about being a slave in, in Romans 6 and stuff like this, you don't want to be a slave to sin, yep. you know what I mean? You've already been set free from that, you don't want to be a slave to sin, you know? And so, like, it made it started making sense, started thinking about this stuff, and then when I started my YouTube channel, too, um, I started off doing way more of the apologetic stuff, too, then I started getting deeper into the gospel after that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And thinking more and more about it, even deeper and this is where things really started to change for my life. So yeah, that's interesting, man. Yeah. And so, so the breakthrough comes after you, you kind of dive deep into the gospel. Yeah. And but it, it's it's the understanding of grace. Yeah. That stirred you on. Yeah. To living holy. Yeah. Yeah. Really was. You know what I mean? And um. So that's like a. I think. I think that's a. That's a paradox for people yeah it is the 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 grace the gift the the i'm going to remove the shame now you're yeah. the righteousness of god yeah then actually caused or empowered or i don't know how you would want to describe the works yeah 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 that's when my works were actually good you know what i mean better i mean my works are filthy rags you know that yeah, but yeah. but that's where the works kind of kicked in you know, I mean, naturally at that point. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so counterintuitive. Like, it doesn't make, like, sense in some ways. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Super counterintuitive. But this is where I started understanding how God, um, why, where God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It makes more sense to me now because it's like we can't do these things like we think we can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so 
it's like really like um yeah i i mean all glory to god with that because i genuinely thought i was going to take this to the grave like yeah. i genuinely thought i said this is going to be my problem for life and i was like i don't want to be another one of those pastors or teachers or something shaming god's yeah. name you know what i mean yeah. screwing up on another scandal you know yeah. so yeah and in terms of the, was there a practical component on dealing with some of the sex addiction like i you know i, I talk about like i take a course at my church called men's skills um, accountability, fellowship, community groups. Uh, I could have a Christian yeah. therapist now that I see. Yeah. You know, maybe I talk to him once or twice a month. Um, was there a practical yeah. side to this that that also helped? Yeah. Um, one thing, too, was, like, me and my best friend, like, we talk every day. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I could talk with him about whatever, and I know that I'm safe as well. Mm. So this is also, like, the same thing, kind of like the gospel. You know you're safe. You start believing it. You yeah. know what I mean? And then yeah. start internalizing it. So... Having community, I think, is is critical and crucial because we all feel like people can't understand our sins in mm. some way. You know what I mean? It's like nobody's going through this. I'm uniquely flawed. You know what I mean? But um, reality is like people wrestle with stuff. And I started realizing like um, everybody's just wrestling with something else. You know what I mean? And it's like so that's why it's kind of weird to judge people off sin because like James says in James 1, so you broke one, you broke them all in the mm-hmm. law. You know what I mean? And so it's like um, but we just think like somebody that struggles with homosexuality you know what i mean we'd be like oh we can judge that sin just because i have no temptation in that mm. area you know what i mean there but i'm thinking that's why i thought about i was like what about my sexual sin mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i was like just because they're wrestling with same-sex attraction and i'm not doesn't give me the ability to look down on them as if i'm better than them mm-hmm. in some sense or if i'm more holy than them in some mm-hmm. sense like i mean sin is sin you know what i mean so yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially when you get into the the, the sexual morality side of yeah. it, it's de- it's definitely maybe some of the consequences are different, the ramifications yes, are different. If right. I'm if I'm looking at porn versus cheating on my wife, if you hooked up versus, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. had a bunch of kids with yeah. random women, <laughs> right, right? right? Like yeah. so, That's so right. the, the the ramifications of it might That's be different. Right. But I definitely think it all kind of goes into the same category yeah. of when it comes y- to our standing before God. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, and, and I would also say us taking something that was intended as a blessing yeah is the utility which god furthers the human species that's right like yeah. he uses so it's like this interesting blessing pleasure but how we continues on the human species and perverting that outside of god's design of it it's all the 100%. same it's you all know the same yeah we all want to get our um let everything else be the source of our happiness and comfort and security than god that's our tendency you know mm-hmm. what i mean and so we get that through our ego whatever fixation everybody has these struggles too people who don't think they have the struggles don't know themselves well enough Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and so um really that's what it comes down to like where are we not trusting god you know what i mean if we really um, knew you know the more we internalize the gospel nor we know that we can trust them and then that that's what really changes us that's good man so here's how i think of it and you you could push back on this if you want right like yeah i want my son to be obedient to me yeah 100 percent Yet, he isn't always obedient yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. We have we have boys around the same age; they're hanging out now, right? Yeah. Um, and so they won't always be obedient. Yeah. That doesn't change the fact that they're that's still my son. Yes. So if you think about the adoption, right? Yeah. We're adopted into God's family. Yeah. Like, if your son wilds out, you know what I mean. So that you, um, I, I, I mean, I'm not sure if you have an you have adopted kid. I know if you. Lena's uh, our niece is with us. Yes. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah figure so it's like if you adopt her right like 
if she's mean to you, if mm -hmm. she doesn't follow your rules, she's still legally your child. Mm -hmm. yep. You see what I'm saying? Yep. And so it's like, it's the same thing that happens too when we're talking about like penal substitution in the Bible and stuff like this. Mm -hmm. We're legally gods, you know what I mean? And so it's like, this is why Jan um, in First John, John's talking about like, be or be, uh, be um, you're children of God, now act like it. You know what I mean? Don't Come act on. like children of Satan. Come you know on. what I mean? Yeah. Act like it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. this is who you are. He's reminding them of their true nature. And that's one thing I saw over and over in the Bible, too, is if you look, Paul's arguments tend to go, most of the books, is um, this is who you are, now act in accordance mm -hmm. with it. He's yeah. not starting with saying, act good, act good, mm -hmm. act good. He's mm -hmm. reminding them of what God's done for them and who they are, yeah. now act in accordance with it. But to get back to what you say about your son, um, if you think about that, it's like um, um, when your son's disobedient, would you rather him be obedient out of fear, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Or because he understands and loves and appreciates what you say and trusts you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's a much different relationship, not mm -hmm. because he's afraid you're going to abandon him, you mm -hmm. know what I mean, in that sense, but just because he loves you and you have that loving dynamic. Because yeah. that's how I think it is a lot with God, too, you know? Yeah. To be fair, yeah. sometimes... Yeah. I need obedience, but well, yeah. I don't care if you're afraid of me or you're yeah. you're loving me, right? Yeah. And um, they're kids too, you know what I mean? So yeah. and, and so I I agree with that. Yeah. But, yeah. but fear isn't always the best motivator. Yeah. Fear you definitely would prefer that he would read the room, understand what's being asked, right. and do it instead of like I have to yes. scare. I raised my voice last night. We would they we got home late and uh he Lena was out, like she was tired, and he got really particular about like assembling his bed a specific way. So he yeah. like took his like little mat and put it on top and it's like seven blankets and pillows. And yeah, I'm like, bruh, it's 10 o'clock at night. Like <laughs> I'm tired. I've had yes. a long day. Lena's tired. Yeah. Your, just, your sister's tired. Everyone's tired. Yeah. And he was just zoned in, bro. Yeah. He's just like, well, I just got to do one more thing. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I raised my voice, bro. Yeah. And, um, and uh, and I and I yelled and mm. bro he started crying yeah uh -huh. and I felt so I mean he was also uh, tired that's happened to me too. you know what I mean he yeah. was also tired yeah. so I know yeah. like okay you're you're also tired emotional yeah yeah but I'm like dude and so like I I like and then he like hid under the blankets and started crying so I like, yeah. got to pull him out and I'm like hey like you know what you're doing right now is not okay yeah but I should not have raised my voice yeah. like that you're like, still safe I, with me yeah, like, yeah I'm sorry yeah dad's tired yeah. that was not appropriate yeah. However, what you're doing is also exactly, not okay. Right, yeah. You know? And you want them to fear the right things yes. that's inconsistent with reality. Yes. You know what I mean? I want them to fear touching a hot stove. You know yes, what I mean? So yes. you want it that way. But, like, threaten them their salvation yeah. based off of works. Well, I'm going to kick you out of the yeah. house, son. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, to me, is not the best motivator. Yeah. You know but I mean? how much of yeah. people's theology is formed yeah, around yeah. that? Yeah, a lot of the Arminian theology you know? is, is framed that way. You, you, you know? mess up, you yeah. sin once, you're out. Yeah, And see, know? I'm not a Calvinist or an Arminian, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. I understand how both of them can understand those positions. But, but I mean, it's, it's such a slippery slope. And think about the subjective nature of works. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, at what point do you lose your salvation um, if you commit one sin, 20 sins, 100 sins, mm -hmm. um, how much is habitual? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Is it, um, is it like, you know, once a month, once a year, once, mm -hmm. a, you know what I mean, or whatever? And then it's like, um, is it people, because people would be like, oh, if it's habitual sin, then you'll lose your salvation. But at the same time, it's like, so it's okay for me to try a bunch of different sins, mm. you know what I mean, but just not the same sin over and over. You know what I mean? Mm. It's all such a slippery, subjective a slope point. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I just don't believe that that's what the Bible teaches. Like, that, that's my conviction. I mean, mm. I plow through these passages, especially the most popular ones like James 2, Matthew 7. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? You have a lot of these. Like, I really look through them, and yeah, and I, I'm just convinced. Personally, I'm convinced that 
I don't think you can lose your salvation. Even though I'm not yeah. a Calvinist too, I just don't think you can lose your salvation. Yeah, you're making you're making a point to make sure you really drive home that you're not a Calvinist. Well, people accuse me of being an Arminian and a Calvinist yeah. all the time in comments. You know yeah. what I mean? And I say that I just want to be a biblicist. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be faithful to the Bible. Like yeah. I don't care about these camps. I'm not on a team or yeah. something like yeah. that. You know? Have you looked at Leighton Flowers' provisionism? Um, I have, but um, I I don't know much where his view differs from mine. I remember there was one or two points that I was like, I'm not sure I embrace that. Yeah. But um, most of it is is similar to mine, I think. Yeah, it sounds very similar. Okay. We, we can look at it later. But yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've enjoyed, because I do feel like his kind of bridges the two. Yeah. And so he believes in original sin, but he he also believes you can't lose your salvation. Okay. Yeah. You know, and so it's a nice bridge. I don't remember the whole acronym, but okay. it's, I think yeah. it's pretty good. So let me ask you this. Like, you, we talked about this, and you're like, man, I'm not sure if I want to talk about, like, yeah. you know, all the women and, yeah. and the sex addiction and, like, you still aren't super comfortable even having this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? Yeah, because um, it's weird. Even though I know I've been forgiven by God's grace, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm not proud of it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not something where I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is this is dope. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, yeah, I hooked up with all these girls. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. um, my body counts way high. Like, I'm not proud of it, and I don't think it's something that should be glorified. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't want people to think, like, if they hear what I'm saying, they're like, oh, yeah, John did it, and he's cool. Look at him now, so therefore I can live mm. like this for a long time. Like, I, I don't advise it. Like, I think it's messed me up psychologically in ways and with bonding and stuff, which I did the video on, too, with the science and stuff with bonding. Um, in, in terms of parabonding and stuff like yes, that? Yes, yeah, yeah. Well, um, in the neuroscience. So uh -huh. it's like when you're releasing the oxytocin and the vasopressin and all this, like, yeah. um, and you're breaking these connections all the time it's harder for you to form deep bonds, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I think my relationship with my wife would be way better had I not, um, you know what I mean, um, indulge in hooking up with so many different girls, you know, because, um, and, and see, this is the consequences of sin, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? You're safe from the condemnation of your sin, but not the consequences, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So Yeah, um, yeah and they've done, you know. they've, done, they've done studies, and I, I, I don't know if we're referencing the same ones, but they, they have found that the more partners you have, the harder it is to bond. Yeah. But it's but it but it's it's a it's a little more true for women. Okay. There's something about that the, the the physiology that like it's a little more true. Okay. For. Yeah. So a man can have you know a, a higher body count than his spouse and it not be as hard. But if yeah. a woman has a really high body count, it's because the, the for women they have sex to express emotion. It's an yeah, emotional yeah, connection yeah. where men can just plow through anything yeah. and it's less of an emotional less connection. Less of it, yeah. And I think but it's, it's still probably there. the oxytocin. Yeah, it's the oxytocin, yeah. because yeah. they release more oxytocin. Men, um, from what I remember, they release more vasopressin mm -hmm. um, for the bonding. So that's probably what it is because yeah. that same chemical is released when they breastfeed, mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean, and when they're um, nurturing and stuff like that. So Yeah, and they say, they say, yeah, it could become more difficult to do that yeah. uh, for women. And, and when, once a woman can have um, sex without emotion, mm -hmm. That's like a really dangerous, yeah, dangerous yeah. place. And men, I feel like fairly early on can have sex with yeah, that. Yeah. My first time losing my virginity, I had no emotional, no, yeah. no emotional connection. I mean, I'm ashamed for saying like I wasn't even, phys I wasn't the least physically attracted to the girl. I oh, lost yeah. my, oh. you know, virginity to the girl I did in high school. I wasn't super duper attracted to her. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. it was, it could be just straight like. Yeah, you know, like yeah. it, it, it's kind of whack if you think yeah, about it as a guy, is, you know, yeah, that you can just is, like, yeah. oh, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I get that. Yeah. So but but you so there's a degree of like you're still working through this stuff. Yeah. 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 I don't. Um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't really talked about it before because like, um, yeah, it's just that kind of part of my past. Like 
I wanted to be gone. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Basically, you know, especially now, like my mindset now, when I think about marriage, like having an incredible wife who loves and accepts me, you know what I mean? Um, Doing that and then like what sex is in our marriage, you know what I mean? Compared to what it was with in the past with Mm -hmm. all these girls, it's like not even close to the same ballpark. I think men miss how important the quality is different in a monogamous, stable, healthy, protected marriage. Like the quality is way better than any porn, is way better than any hookup. It's totally different. Yeah. And, you know, and um, an an area of kind of more um, shame or something like that is um, with a lot of these girls, like I always felt like as soon as they got to know the real me, like they'd be out. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like because like, okay, they're down to hook up with me or whatever. But like the more time I spend with them or whatever, they got to know the real me, they're out. But like with my wife, like she loves me. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And she likes who I am. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so like, and she's there. And so it's weird because I had a hard time juggling like the friends with um, so a sexual interest or whatever in the past. But now it's like my wife is like my best friend. And um, we're like incredibly sexually attracted to her. We have good chemistry. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not just about physical stuff. Like, it's it's really like a bonding, like a renewal of the covenant mm-hmm. per se. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. so it's like it's a beautiful experience. It's way different. And it gets better with time. It does. And yeah. it does. You don't quite understand that until you know. I've been married. It'll be 15 years this coming July. It yeah, definitely. You know, every year it gets better. Um, and it reminds me of everything you said. It reminds me of a, of a Wilt Chamberlain quote. He said it, I think, on like a late night show. I can remember it. Um, and he said, uh, man, I've been with a thousand women, but I'd rather be with one woman a thousand times. Yeah. You know, and I was yeah. like, man, that's so that's so good. Yeah. But, but is that not God's design yes. for how yeah. we are to, to pair bond? Yes. And people don't understand that, too, because they, we all think that our own natural way is better and we're going to be happier. But it is just not. You know what I mean? Like, it's weird because now I get it because it's weird. Even when I'm thinking back to how I was, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. um, even going back, like, five, ten years or whatever, like, just mi- w- a way different mindset today, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, than I had then. And it's just like, man, I have such a different perspective on this. I can't believe I thought it was cool to just, like, hook up with these different girls. Mm-hmm. It's just not cool. It's not helpful. It's bad for you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and all the, not to mention, like, the risk of STDs and mm-hmm. pregnancies and all kinds of stuff. It's just not what's up, you know? Yeah. What do you make of... I would say the evolution of some of the hookup stuff in the modern red pill community, whether it's fresh and fit, um, whether it's, you know, Andrew Tate, whether it's like, it's okay for guys to have rack up high body counts, but women are different. Like it's some some of that stuff. And again, there's some science to that. Like there's a little bit of science to that, but generally speaking, like how do you view that world now? Cause it is the continuation of the hookup stuff. Yeah. I mean the, uh, the pickup stuff, the pickup artist. Yeah. Honestly, it's, it's so similar that um, a lot of time I have a hard time telling what's new and what's not because mm. it's so similar you know um but i just think like I, I think these i just feel bad for them because i think what they're missing is honestly like what we experience now mm. me and you you know what i mean it's like we know that difference mm-hmm. like you know what i mean it's not it's not what it's cracked up to be like because it doesn't stop like i just remember thinking like like i was saying earlier i'll hit a certain point where like okay now i've, I've had enough of these different girls of these mm-hmm. different body types of these different ethnicities and all this but it doesn't like it just leaves you more and more empty because you realize how disappointing it is. It's mm-hmm. like um, you just left kind of more empty after it all. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then you just feel like you just feel like, OK, like I feel kind of used and like, you know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. I can't really connect with these girls. You know what I mean? So like what is it? It takes out the humanity. You don't have that deep, like loving commitment. That's what makes things way better, too, is just like having that, like really having a marital commitment, like a genuine one. I've read different studies about this, and, and some studies say that, like, 
20% of men are getting with 80% of the women, yeah, right? Yeah. That's some of the red I remember stuff. Hearing that, yeah. And then as I as I looked the looked at it more, and this is more so like about these women that were hooking up with you. Yeah. What they what they're finding is that it's not 20% of men are are getting with 80% of the women. It's that the top 20% of men and the top 20% of women are having the most amount of sex oh, with each other. Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like do you think in hindsight these women were just women that were just down for like they too had high body counts? Oh, I mean, a lot of them, of yeah. course. You know what I mean? Like, um, because I mean, like, yeah, yeah, a lot of them, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because I think that's kind of like the culture we were kind of like the sex positive, yeah, sex positivity and all that. Yeah, 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 you know. And so it's like, oh, it's cool to just hook up with strangers. You know what I mean? Have a good time. You know what I mean? But I realized, like, we're not just... That would make sense if we were just physical beings. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, we're like animals or something like that. But, if, but like, it's like rape is not assault. You know what I mean? It's deeper than just assault. You're not mm -hmm. just hurting someone's body because mm -hmm. of the this, this intertwining of the spirit with sex. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so because of that, like, there are these ramific uh, ramifications that are more serious because, you know, just like how Paul talks about... Um, in First uh, Corinthians, when he mm -hmm. talks about, yeah, when you go into the temple of a prostitute, you bring the Lord in there with you because of the spiritual aspect mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, interesting, man. Yeah, and, and these conversations, I think, are you know, they're 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 relevant, they're important, they're 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 being had in the world. Yeah, and the church isn't talking about it, in my opinion, as often yeah. as we should talk about it. Yeah. So that's why I was like, man, you got to share some of this because yeah. I don't, I, you have, you sit in a unique vantage point where. A lot of Christian men aren't in that quote unquote top twenty percent of men that are just yeah. you know what I mean, having access you're talking about ethnicities and body yeah. types, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like yeah, yeah. you had options, yeah, you know? Yeah. And most men haven't, yeah. but you've gone where most men haven't gone and you're like, nah, yeah, this yeah. ain't it. Yeah, and that's the thing too, because like one of my friends was like, um, and he's a Christian dude, um, but he like wrestles with like porn and stuff like that or whatever, but he was saying like he like felt like jealous of my past, and too, and that's what kind of made me was like, I don't want people to feel that way because mm. I'm like, trust me, like I'm not just saying this to cap or to sound cool or nothing like that. Like it is not what's up. Like it, like people say this, you're like, oh yeah, yeah, right. Like I'd be happy hooking up with like, you know, a whole bunch of different girls or whatever. But I'm telling you, yeah. like it doesn't give you anything because at the end of the day, it's like, what what do you gain from that? And mm. the ego kick, but then you need more girls for your ego mm. kick, and then after you have a lot of girls, it's just like. What else is going to stimulate that ego? You know what I mean? And yeah. it doesn't help you. That ego is not something that stands there. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. one day you're not going to look as good as you look now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Period. You're not. You know what I mean? And so, like, um, it's just it's not a good place to be because your foundations are on shaky grounds and you're a slave to it. Yeah. Being a slave to it, like really a slave to mm -hmm. it. It's not what's up. Man, what a what a what a powerful story, man. That I think you're you, you know you're you're willing to share and. I think is I think a lot God willing men hear this and are like man that was that's not what's up you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah. like that's not what's up do you got yeah. any final words final thoughts before we wrap um not really I mean I just want to encourage people like if you're wrestling with something like this I get it you know what I mean and it doesn't mean that you're not saved if you're you're wrestling you know what I mean but God wants what's best for you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And the spirit, you know what I mean? When God's spirit lives in you too, is like he wants what's best for you. You know what I mean? So yielding to the spirit, um, you keep in step with the spirit. Keep thinking about the gospel message, what it means for you. And then for me at least, like that helps. And you will need some healthy boundaries depending on what kind of position you're in. You know what I mean? But um, really like let your focus be on not fixing yourself, but really like understanding and going deeper with the gospel message. And I believe things start kind of working out after that point. So next time you hear one of these goobers tell you 
that having a high body count is what's up. What are you going to say? What do you mean? 